Hello and welcome to the next episode of Lost in Criterion. I'm John Patrick Oatari Dorgan, and with me, as always, is a man who just can't seem to keep his shirt on for some reason. <laughs> I am the Adam Glass, and you know sometimes you just got to take your shirt off and then take another shirt off, and, and then maybe it'll it be like on. half on or like it'll be like half, then have, like half on or half off, depending on what kind of your kind of viewpoint on the world. Have a stage hand bring you a different shirt to put on and then take that one off during the next song. I'm making a reference to when you and I saw Billy Idol perform at Lollapalooza right. many, many years ago. <laughs> right, right, right. right. Um, and and the man managed to take off. I remember. Uh, it, it, I didn't at least at least two shirts at least five times. Yes, over yeah. The course I, of I the did show. not know at the time, still don't really know that that is part of his stage act. But apparently, well, I mean, it seems to be. Other people have talked about it. Yes, you mean yes, and okay. and it and it like as far as I can tell, people expect shirt removal, and so you get into one of those. It's similar to like what you get with any you know famous musician. <laughs> you either once you have a shtick, right? You got to do yeah. it even if it doesn't make sense in the moment, right? It's like, well, why is that shirt back on? Just fucking leave it right. off. It's like ninety five fucking degrees outside. Just keep it's back it off, on so man. you can take it off again. Yeah, just like it leave it sense. off. We're all fine here. Nobody needs yeah. it. Delightful, delightful. Good job, Billy Idol. Way to have a thing. It's a nice day for taking your shirt off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nice day to take your shirt off again. Before we get into the movie this week, I want to talk about our Patreon, patreon.com slash lost in criterion over there for a dollar a month. You can help keep us going and, uh, and get a little bonus content. We do a non criterion film over there. Our supporters get to vote on it. Our supporters, uh, you know, have our ear to suggest lists, suggest movies for the list. Um, and usually if they suggest one, we'll, uh, we'll, if it works out, invite them on to be the show, uh, timing's a little hard scheduling's a little hard with uh with pat and i on opposite sides of the world uh so it's uh i don't mind waking up at 7 a.m on a saturday to uh to call pat Other uh, people but might. sometimes i feel bad for making say someone in california wake up at 4 a.m right on a right it, we've, we've been pat. creative and it, it, it'll keep yeah. happening but That's you know right. it requires yeah. very careful planning Right, right, right. But, uh, you know, if you want to uh, pay for that level of influence with uh, your favorite podcasters, uh, <laughs> $1 of it, lost, uh, patreon.com slash lost in criterion. Um, you get the bonus episodes. You get all the past bonus episodes. There's nearly 50 up there right now. I think I think number 49 just posted. Um, and we have a lot of fun over there. Like I said, it's always a non-criterion film. Uh just recently, we've watched uh, Stir Crazy. We've watched Superman the movie. We've watched uh, 
what was our most recent one? I'm, I'm drawing a um, Oh yeah, it was the sunny the sunny Chiba 1960s right, right, sci-fi right. movie. Oh, what a what a what a joy! It was such a fun movie. Yeah, um, and we watched you know some stuff you might consider higher quality than that. Louis Malle's God's Country, a uh, couple Sydney Luet films, uh, Americanization of Emily, uh, Kicking and Screaming. Uh, the Will Ferrell kicking and screaming. Yeah, it's been fun. The highbrow we do, stuff. We do, a, we do a lot of good stuff, a lot of bad stuff. Uh, for a while, when we started off, it was horror sequels. It was uh, Critters 2 and Aliens. And even even that's a very wide wide swinging quality. Well, especially, yeah. especially when you you have to qualify whether or not the thing is a, <laughs> is a sequel to a, like a horror film is also itself a horror film, which I'm not sure yeah. either of those qualify. <laughs> that's fair that's fair well critters i don't think was ever meant to be well real horror. well but yeah but, but you know like but still. well and aliens i always i always have trouble with classifying aliens purely as horror anyway because no. like no it's an, it gets labeled that but it gets it very it much gets act- put in the sci-fi horror genre but it's like really though because like yeah, but again, we we don't need to have this we don't need to relitigate the fact that right, horror, right, right, the right, phrase right. horror means basically nothing <laughs> often often it does uh but yeah have a lot of fun over there like i said that's just a dollar a month uh for a little extra five dollars a month for people who uh, feel like giving us a little more money they get thanked on air so to, to buy your name being read by us uh five dollars <laughs> a month uh thank a you less so much useful cameo service really when you think about it because right, we're not right, even going right, to do it right, on right, your right. answering machine or something like that like it's just here it's fair it's fair but you can play it for your mom uh, look, thank mom. you so much sorry. for. <laughs> sorry. Look, mom, my, na- <laughs> my, my name was my said name. by these guys. I actually uh, know. I follow them on Twitter. Yeah, so. like I already, <laughs> I basically know these people. This is fine. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much to our current five dollars supporters, Stephen Goldmeyer and Eric Coronado, who I'm I'm sure are both playing it for, for their, their mom all the time. Every, time I say every Thanksgiving, yeah. it's just nonstop. Lawson Criterion. Yeah. The whole rest of the family Absolutely. is grinning and bearing it. I guess. Because I'm sure 100%. it's yeah. A little above that, we do something that I think is pretty special, and clearly other people have because they've really connected with it. Uh, Pat makes a piece of art based on one of the movies we watched recently. I get that printed up on a postcard, write a little personalized note, and mail that off. That's for ten dollars and above, and we also like to thank those people on air. So thank you so much to Adam Speakerman, Patrick Yako, Michael McGrath, Jason Westhaver, and Chris Otto who are supporting at that level. Yes, thank you very uh, much. Yeah, if you'd like to see the postcards before you uh, commit, you can head over to redbubble.com and search for Lost in Criterion and see the back catalog and also buy older ones if you like in a couple different forms, not just as postcards, but the artwork is on stickers, uh, occasionally on buttons if it works or, or anything else that it might work on. Uh, Unless the property in some way is tangentially owned by uh, Toho or the WB. Warner right, Brothers. Right. I guess we it's have, not the WB we have, Warner Brothers. We have unfortunately had a couple of takedown notices over on the Redbubble that, uh, despite being pretty clear parody, Redbubble has uh, has refused and, and, to and 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 are getting more increasingly into the territory of parody. Like the Superman one is wildly not copyright <laughs> infringement. Like right, just right, just right. whole cloth. Like I could win that shit in court. Like the the, right, the Godzilla right. one. I I could argue that one you, and win it in court. Yeah. It's really yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> it's it's just patently parody, but 
alas. The Godzilla one is uh, more confusing because of what I was trying to say about it and stuff like that. It, right, it, right, right, right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, interestingly enough, they are both the ones where you put an animal's head on a human body. Uh, and I and maybe, not, I, maybe it's just a red bubble algorithm thing. Like, no, yeah, maybe, no weird shit here. Banned. Maybe Red Bull just hates that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hates the really... hates the idea of of animal shimmers. Yeah, uh, yeah. They just like immediately rem- Red Bubble re- immediately remove it. I should put it to the test. From now on, that's all I'm making. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, anyway, um, but like I said, uh, Red Bubble search for Lost in Criterion to to see the back. You know, way through way through the the obvious copyright infringement, you'll find us eventually. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but to support us more directly, if you'd like, head over to Patreon slash Lost in Criteria. Uh, very grateful for supporters, but grateful for listeners as well. So thank you for listening, and uh, you know, keep on doing it if you want. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. <laughs> Pat, this week we are starting our first movie in a box set of Imamara films. Uh, the box set is Pigs, Pimps, and Prostitutes. Um, and are, uh, are a series of uh, early 60s movies that uh, Imamara made uh, that really, really established his independence. Uh, prior to this, he was making much more studio-oriented films and working under Ozu, actually. He, had a, uh, mm. he was Ozu's assistant on three films. Um, and, and it's pretty clear he is rejecting Ozu right. in, in a lot of this work, yes. too. But, and uh, no, but and the, we'll get into that. Yes, and we will get into that, I'm sure. Uh, but this is uh, Pigs and Battleships is the first one from 1961. What are the, what are the other ones? I haven't, like, we haven't watched them yet. What are the other ones? I'm just curious. So we've got, yeah, we've got Pigs and Battleships. We've got The Insect Woman okay. and also Intentions of a Murder. I really love the first few minutes of this movie. I think just even by the end of the first cri- <laughs> end of the opening credits, I wrote, I love this in the movie. Um, I love that it starts out with this story is entirely fictional as if that's going to keep him from getting in trouble. Um, obviously it's made in 61. So there's less of a concern about, uh, you know, occupation is over by right, 61. Yeah. The, the, there is no longer an American uh, censor office checking off on each movie. Uh, so he's not really necessarily worried about that, but this is still a movie that that takes aim at American presence in Japan. Um, well, and, it, and it's it's, it's specifically yeah, I mean it's specifically targeting the uh, well, it still is the case now, which is the like the the occupation of Japan never really really ended, like not not truly and wholly, like you know what I mean, like. Japan, yeah. like the United States, has a lot of military bases in Japan, right. and and they operate wholly in and of themselves with with complete impunity. Basically, like I I figured we were going to talk about this later, but we'll talk about it now. It's fine too. Why not? Um, the way the treaty with Japan is written, the United the Japan has no legal authority over anything done by anyone associated with the base, basically, with the military right. bases, which means on very often occasions, heinous crimes are committed. Yeah. And no punishment is dealt whatsoever. There's no punishment. There's no recompense. There's nothing. No, no, nothing even remotely that could be considered in the frame of uh, justice occurs. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's a very sore subject for every town that is a is a American military base town. Right. Um, they, you know, it like like locally. This is this is all like kind of a hazy memory now because it's been a while. But there was a American teenager, so like her, his dad or mother, whichever one was. Uh, in the Navy base locally, because I, I live only about an hour from a Navy base, uh, mm-hmm. who was, I think he was drunk driving. I think that was the case. Joyriding and killed some people. And the American MPs came, picked him up, brought him home. As far as we know, he was just sent home. Yeah. Didn't like, and like, not that I, that I subscribe to a strictly punitive justice system, but it's also worth understanding that having zero influence over a right. massively of a large group of people in your you know who occupy the country and can interact with it but only in ways that they deem you you know what i mean like they they only it's a very it has a very profound effect on the attitudes of people Listen. in certain areas of this country punitive justice is not justice but just uh just disappearing those involved, right? Uh, knowing out of that the you have nothing and you not can do. doing anything, right? Right. <laughs> right. Like also knowing that not you can't justice. even like ha- hold, the- you can't even put them into some sort of court or something. Right. That they're just that you like um like literally it gets down as small as like traffic infractions. They commit a traffic infraction, yeah. the police pull them over. The police have to call the military base and the MPs, quote unquote, take care of it, which means nothing happens ever. Right, which means, which you can imagine, like it creates a really specific atmosphere, like a really specific, and we see that atmosphere in this movie, very specifically. Like we see a much more like bold and brazen version of it, Uh, but we do see that atmosphere here where, oh, there's it, it, it creates a very specific environment where people are almost in sort of like actively encouraged to kind of do whatever the fuck they want without and not treat the people they're interacting with as necessarily being equal level as people. Well, while the promise of punishment is never really a deterrent to, uh, to violent acts, the promise that there will be no consequences whatsoever is something is different, certainly right. an encouragement. Well, and and <laughs> also knowing and and it gets more complicated when you know that the other people you're interacting with do have that hanging over their heads and you right. don't. It, right. it creates a very specific sort of psychological environment where it's like, oh, the people I'm dealing with will be punished if they do something wrong, right? But I will not. It creates a very it's it's very specific because it it is it is the interaction that we see in like massive power differentials anywhere right in right. in society that's right. sort of like I can do whatever I want because you can't do anything about it um, right that is one hundred percent what it is it's it's imperialism it's a yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah it's bad yeah anyway um. So do you think uh, you talked about it as as more so than what you've experienced? Do you think this is true to life for for what it would have been like in 61 in the late 50s? It's hard to say 
everything I've read like such differing accounts on it, like in both movies what we've watched and things I've read, it was certainly worse than it is now. One hundred percent definitely. Uh it is, and and certainly in the occupation, like all sources for the actual occupation are right. that it was right. very, very bad. Like there's nobody nobody's arguing that ah the occupation wasn't that bad. <laughs> like there's no Japanese sources that are like, Yeah, this is this is okay. Uh you know Imamura is is right is creating this after the fact, and so in that in that sense, you have to also read it as a commentary on the time he's making the movie, which is post occupation, right. but still, those military bases haven't gone anywhere. Like I said, they're still there now. Um, it it is, and he's right around the beginning, the right before. I think right before you get a lot of the movements to like. They were actively just absolutely trying to like get these military bases out of the country. Um, I think they are later on when they get when they really pick up steam. But like, like this still does seem even then exaggerated in in the sort of if nothing else aesthetically, right? Like because right. the go- we are going to have to get into the way that Imamura chooses to portray his sort of social villains. Right, his it, the way he chooses to portray these the Americans and things like that is very very specific. Uh, right, like they the he flips that script and they are less than human. They are basically wild animals. Right, and right. while while it may be true that people were acting very very badly, like that's not the same thing as people being animals. Like. The, his 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 occupying Americans take on animalistic characteristics, like throughout the movie. So yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's even an inherent class differential within the Americans too, though, right? Because uh, the uh, the drunken sailors certainly are are pigs in their own right in how right. they rampage through the city. Um, but the uh, like Mr. Gordon, right, is, right, but is, like, it's not it's is less a different animalistic, a different, but still, still, he is also basically pillaging. a slave trader. <laughs> like, I mean, he literally right. rolls up on a boat, hands out some trinkets, and is like, "I'm going to buy one of your daughters. Thank you very much." Right, right. How much for the women? Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's very it's very specific portrayals, and 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 I won't. I would never argue that like. That's that any of this is exactly and it right. just it seems you can you you Imamura gives a very clear indication of sort of a hyperbolic performance and hyperbolic writing right like the everything in this movie is over the top basically right from beginning to end um one hundred percent to the you know to the point where. Heroku is really the only human character in the entire movie. Right, right, which is fascinating <laughs> maybe, because maybe maybe Kinta's dad a little, but Right. But Kinta's dad is very much is is very much a a sort of stereotype of a very specific kind of Right. Like he's even played by an actor we've seen play essentially that role right, multiple right, times. Right, right, right. Like 
he's not a new uh, archetype for us by any means. Yeah, he's the uh, the downtrodden former uh, Japanese Navy, uh, Navy vet who is uh, just gets drunk and goes fishing. Whenever, right. Yeah. <laughs> whenever he's awake, uh, which seems pretty rare too. So, uh, yeah. Um, you uh, you implied sort of in pre-talk that you had issues with this movie. Do you want to get um, into it? Well, I the, a lot of we so I have issues with the movie and with Imamura yeah. himself. Okay. Uh, because we did also watch the documentary attached to this. Right, right, and right, right, right. The documentary did not improve my my impressions of Imamura in any functional way. In fact, they just lowered them across the board. Um, but like, there's so my issues with this movie are very like I've spent like most of the afternoon today trying to figure out exactly how to like phrase my issues and things like that, and they're right. not necessarily the representations of the Americans or anything like that. Like, it's fine to go kind of over the top with things. That's all fine. What I think it comes down to is. Imamura's, as far as I can tell, based on the documentary especially, combined with this, Imamura has very specific ways of understanding the world that do not align with my ways of understanding the world. Okay. Um, And I don't think necessarily, I think to a certain extent they make him able to make films that are exciting and surprising for certain audiences but are not necessarily sending what I would call, ne- like, his message, if if written differently, we, I think would be most almost universally understood as being bad. Right. Um, from everything I could see, and, like, I don't I've not done any research on him I, other than just watching the documentary and this movie and his previous movies. This one especially... Imamura seems to have a very, very, it's well disguised, but a very, very nationalistic understanding of his own existence. He is, he is most definitely also anti-war and you can be both of those things at the same time. That's fair. Yeah. He, there's little hints dropped throughout this movie and throughout the documentary that like, Yamamura, I wouldn't go as far as to call him like a cultural essentialist or something like that, but he actively states in the documentary that like almost directly that the Americans were poisoning Japanese culture, right. which is a which is a is one hundred percent a Japanese nationalist line. Yeah. Now that, but again, you can be both of those things. You could be anti-imperialist anti-Japanese imperialist, because he very clearly is that too, right? Like, yeah. he has this, there's this, in the documentary, they show another documentary where I kind of feel like he's doing this, he's kind of doing a, like, uh, I don't want to call it a prank show, but, like, uh, he's doing a, a Mori, but with, like, yeah. a former Japanese soldier. I'm like, this doesn't, like, you want to show him that, like, what he believed in was bad? Like, I don't really, th- I mean, is it, do you, eh. 
I have issues with that also. Like just yeah. like harassing this sort of like just general dude who was just probably like eighteen years old and like or younger, sixteen years old and bought into the nationalistic bullshit, like, you know. But well. I mean, I get it, but like doing it, it, it we'd have to. We'll have to um, if we ever watch the movie. Yeah. We'll find out. But it felt very weird in the documentary that we watched. Certainly, it is bad. So, yeah. um, but still, like um, uh, so okay. Like, so, like what I'm saying is, is that like he has a very obviously nationalist bent to himself, to like the way he talks about things, and that's also very. And that's where I was going to say that he lines up very kind of pretty easily with Ozu in that sense, yeah. right? Like this idea that like there's this sort of Western pollution all over our beautiful culture. Right. And that the the uh the Japanese characters who are acting in socially negative ways are doing so are induced by that. Out of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Out of American influence or or induction. Right. And and Okay. And yeah. and, and, and like there's nothing it can get very complicated right because there's there is such a thing as cultural imperialism and America does it like right. fucking crazy right right and I'm not arguing that that's not true about what he's experiencing and what he's talking about but like at the same time you can the way you sort of engage with it and talk about it you can kind of go the other direction right you can you can kind of like now the people who are engaged with that other culture are bad because they engaged with it. Right. And he does seem to be by and large judgmental of the people who chose to ele- to engage with American culture during right. this time. Within this within this movie in particular it is Hiroku gets the good ending for rejecting that completely right by any american influence right so uh, whatsoever right and and so. it gets really it can get this can all get very weird and very uncomfortable but like right. but he, he talks about in the documentary too he talks about like well i put that line about what like he's like they wanted to be americans and like that's a a gross misunderstanding of what your own country people were feeling and right. and and they the idea that like they have betrayed their culture by trying by wanting to that like because that like when you say like oh that person wants to be this you know, like oh he, I want to be an American or something like that what you're saying is like I don't want to be Japanese anymore right or I don't want to be X anymore I want to be Y and that's a concept of sort of cultural betrayal right like now you're not talking about like oh well I just you know I this stuff is cool and I want to involve, I, it, it, I like it. And now you're saying like, Oh, that person is a cultural traitor basically. Right. And it's right. very and easy to read that way, especially when you combine in that documentary and the things he says in there about, um, about like people during this time and their, uh, and their like their obsession with American item, like goods and, and American things you know, it it gets into the it gets oh, it gets very murky, man. Right. It gets very right. like it, mm, you crossed the line here, man. You went from a reasonable statement about the imperialism of America, and now you you are not on a very far road from accusing all of your fellow countrymen of being traitors. What it implies is that scene where Huroko and her sister have the argument, and cuts to the little brother reading his textbook. Right. Is not to meant meant to be ironic juxtaposition, 
but but to also say that what he is reading from the textbook is not only not true of what we're experiencing, but also not the ideals that Japan should have when he says Japan is a beautiful country with a unique culture, able to, able incorporate, to incorporate, yeah, incorporate the finer other. practices and customs of other countries right. as we as we see that the incorporation of these cultures of other countries is is to detriment of, right. of the society of this town. Right, and and uh, and Imamura goes basically like the the documentary is very enlightening. I know more based on right. what Imamura is willing to talk about in that documentary about him than I ever did before, and I don't like what I see. Right, like right. don't want to. He is not, uh, and 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 that's where things get confusing, right? If you if you encounter a person who's anti-imperialism, anti-the war, and things like that. But also a sex worker, like, right? Pretty, who espouses espouses national. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute too. Uh, <laughs> I, I have, I'm, I, have I'm dubious yeah. about his his belief system there as well. But um, he he is. You can. That's where the waters can get muddy, right? Because like imperial, anti war and and anti nationalism are not on this are not the same spot on the same spectrum. They are right. separate identities that you can be somewhere on those two spectrums separately. And that's where right. things get confusing when you talk about like who people identify with in sort of like cultural movements that follow after this because oh he's this like cool sort of rebel. He's got this like he's making very sort of rebellious movies that like talk about these topics that people are feeling, but he's definitely taking also a very nationalistic bent with it. Right, which means right. that it's, like you've got people, younger people who are watching it, thinking like, "I agree with this person." Yeah, and it's interesting coming at it from from that lens. It it becomes more interesting in how he portrays uh, the Korean, the Chinese, and particularly the right. Japanese American right. character. Yeah, um, yeah. There's definitely have... a lot of blood traitor shit going on with the uh, with the Japanese American, like. Right. And the movie is not like doing that as a sort of sat, like commentary on these the the movie is not commenting on the Japanese people who don't like him. The movie is commenting right. on him. Now I think I think at times the movie is certainly commenting on Japanese people. Yeah, I'm not um, saying they're not, but like it, and not and not just on it being a social detriment to uh, right. What 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 I mean is when they to when, engage with the Americans. Right. When I but, when, when specifically when they are talking about those characters, the Japanese people are right about them. Right. 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 I think you know when the uh, when the madam of the brothel is complaining about her boss, you know, smelling like cabbage and pickles uh, as a as a way of degrading him for being Korean. Right. Uh, I think Imamura is saying she is bad for doing that, but right. But at the uh, same time, Imamura is saying some shit about Chinese people, like right. for real here. Well, our only two Chinese characters are criminals, but one is sort of the austere financier criminal, and the other is uh, a bartender who's revealed to be some sort of mad scientist hitman halfway through the movie. Right. <laughs> Right, um, but the issue with that is is that like they are overtly categorized as sneaky in the movie, right. 
Like right. they're 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 actively sneaky in this movie. That's and, fair. And there's plenty of Japanese characters who are also sneaky as shit in this movie. Okay, it's not like they're alone in that. It's just that we only have got the two Chinese characters, and they are both 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 that s- yeah sneaky people. Right. And I don't even know that the Korean guy gets shown on screen. They just make reference to him. Right. So, uh, yeah, maybe uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't think. I don't, I don't think remember. so. And that may even be a sort of <laughs> weird muddling of things. Anyway, who knows? Like, yeah. Sometimes your sometimes your nationalism is showing, and you get things confused a little bit, and you just sort of like let it right, ride. Right, 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 right. I. Yeah, yeah. Not it's, to like uh, derail the entire discussion of this movie, but like I. Was no, very, very uncomfortable when I I found lots yeah. of parts about there's very interesting things about this movie, but I also found this movie a very uncomfortable watch. I was I had to this is one of those movies where I had to power through, and it's not because like there's other movies we have to power through because you're like oh my god it's a three hour dryer movie, like I'm yeah. enjoying every this is all very good, all very it's just too long, but this <laughs> is this is hard. Eyes yeah. must remain open even if I have to like tape them open. This is one of those ones where, like, on multiple occasions, like, can I just turn this off? I'm just going to hit pause. I'm going to pause. I'm going to walk away. I'm going to go talk to my kids. I'm going to come back. And, like, that's the thing, right, is that, like, movies sometimes, when we watch Japanese movies, they can, in a very negative way, hit a little too close to home, right? Like, Yeah. And this movie also has a lot to say about women who were involved with GIs. Yeah. And they are not mostly positive things. Right. That the movie is saying. Like, we could talk about Imamura and whether or not he is pro or not about sex work. I'm dubious about that. But certainly as it relates to American GIs, he may also be commenting that the GIs are inducing, the you know, are creating this environment and this behavior. That's a reasonable thing. I do believe he believes that. Right. But that doesn't change the fact that he is also very judgmental about those women in this movie. Especially with the bus, like the scene at the end. Right. Like, they take on a sort of almost animalistic quality as well that is upsetting. There's one good woman in this movie. Oh, certainly. And that's a problematic statement to make. Right. Um... Yeah, you know, the, the, the titular pigs are the Japanese of this town. Right. right? Um, and, yeah, it's the, the busload of women rushing to meet the sailors coming in as, uh, as our heroine uh, leaves town to go get an industry job. And, you know, it's a, a feminist statement in that, I guess. Uh, right, but if your if your if your famous statement is based on like I'm going to promote this idea of womanhood and shit on this one, that's problematic yeah. in and of itself, right? Like and shit on anything else, yeah. Right, like I mean, they like he is he is downright doing almost every woman in this movie dirty. Like it right. is, they are they are treated like shit in this movie and not just because the men in the movie are meant to story-wise treat them like shit imamura himself as a as a storyteller is treating them like shit right they are borderline not even people right like 
we we and even our main character we could talk our our main female lead we could talk about whether or not like she's empowered or not i mean towards the end obviously at the end she makes her own choice about what her own destiny is but most right. of the movie is her like n- not having a lot of and, and you know that 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 relief in like developing agency that's all great but again like if you're gonna just shit on every other woman in the movie to make your point right, that's a right. problem because because she, that assumes that all of those women had like are making the wrong choice right we've got the one woman who's making the right choice and everybody else is making the bad choice and that can fuck off right like like i'm not here to defend the idea of war brides and shit like that that's not my job uh i have been friends with people who married their spouses in the sort of especially during the korean war period and did have fairy tale happy ever after sort of stories also mm-hmm. there's about a 75 percent divorce rate that's this it, there's a lot going on there but he, I don't feel like, is in a place to comment on that. His yeah. opinion on that shit is actually irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I've, I've formed an opinion about these people and their relationship with these people, all of whom I am not, is a very shitty place to stand and say, I'm right about this this interaction is is I I'm right. condemning this right. interaction. Right. Um, I I just find it very problematic. And then you know yeah, no you're you're absolutely right. You know, um, Haruko has has so much in her uh, portrayal as a self determining uh, modern woman going to get a factory job, got an abortion, uh, but you know she. I suppose dabbles dabbles in sex work and it it ends horribly. Right. Um right. But uh and then it t- and that and that point it takes on the air of like a bad American cautionary tale like about right, like right 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 which right, is right, also right, right. A, a whole shitty genre of one, things I don't want to watch in a movie. Hundo. Yeah. Like oh yeah. you you do this and this is what's going to happen to you. You do that marijuana, you're going to jump right out that window. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um but yeah, you're right. You're right to say, you know, in contrast, she stands in contrast to every other woman in the narrative, and that's that's not great. Um, especially, you know, where it gets complicated is, you know, the, from the cultural aspect, her her feminism is the most exemplary Japanese thing that happens in the movie too, right? You know, her her joining up for the factory work. Um, well, well, it's it's the it's, most sort of modernist uh sort of like right. interpretation of like sort of like post World War 2 like the, capitalist like hyper capitalist modernist right. Japanese. That's where the Ozu line comes in. Right. You know, Ozu Ozu would not have have that ending for her. Right? No. Ozu um, would have had her marry some some Japanese boy. Like is where Ozu would have ended that because we've seen that movie five times. Um, Ozu, Ozu would have had the third act dedicated to her taking care of 
her boyfriend's dad. Yes, yes, then, you're right, a hundred percent. And then, um, and then he would have turned his life around, or there would have been another guy. And right, yeah, K- Kenta's dad would have somehow found her. Some, some it would have been, the, it would have been the brother of that of the yakuza boss guy is who it would have been in yeah. the Ozu film. Um, and so in that, in its own way, that's Imamura's take on Ozu and being like, I'm not doing any of the things Ozu's going to do in this story. Right, right, um, right, right. She's going to go off and get her own job, and which is, which is good. It, it's it's a matter of like, like Imamura's like 30% of the way there. And like, well, right, that's as right, far as right. I can carry this load. I'm done. Yeah. Now, certainly stylistically, this is very much in contrast to Ozu. Right. Uh, well, yeah, is, I mean the camera doesn't. Camera fact work move. is dynamic. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it it's not just you know the static shots during conversations. Um, the the overhead tracking shots are particularly very interesting. I mm. think particularly of the of the scene where, after they've gotten Haruko out of jail, and she, uh, her, and her family are walking on one side of the fence. Yeah. As King Till walks on the other side of the fence, and we get that tracking shot of him listening to the conversation. Uh, the way her rape scene is filmed from above with the with the spin. Yeah, with the Batman indicate, spin. Yeah. With the Batman spin, and you know, silly in context, but is a well, way. To I show... I actually I as far as that scene's concerned, I. Was dreading I think it, works it really well and for that I scene. it yeah. worked better than I thought it would. It was impacting without yeah. being like I was worried he was going to be overly graphic about it. Frankly, right? right. I it I didn't have faith in him not being overly graphic about it. Right. It is not a it is not a means of showing the passage of time. It's a means of showing her mental state as this is occurring. Right. Is the is the camera spin and, and, and yeah. shooting that whole thing from above instead of. Uh, you know, staging it on, you know, it would have to be on a soundstage if they tried to put the camera in the room to, right, to shoot right. that sort of thing. Um, and it just, I think it's more effective. Um, I think it's uh, it's an interesting choice in that scene uh, to maybe break that scene down a little more. Uh, it's it's an interesting choice to have the three soldiers uh, singing I'll be working on a railroad, <laughs> the railroad. Yeah. <laughs> in unison as this yeah. entire attack comes. Uh I don't know how but much that same... is informed and how much it isn't. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right, right. It's hard to tell if that is some greater commentary well, on the use of uh, Asian immigrant labor. Well, in the I, of the I'm guessing Railroad. not. My guess is, from what I observed, not all of them are native English speakers. Right. And you, you get when you this happens in Japanese TV sometimes, from time to time, Japanese TV movies. It can it can dramatically affect the way you can tell your story and what you can do when not all of your actors who are supposed to be American actually speak English. Right. And so you're like, okay, well, what can we get them to do that like isn't that is within their realm of capabilities without like right. You know, we can't spend hours filming these guys just walking around singing. You know what I mean? Like we have to do certain things to make it work and like it works because it's got a rhythm to it and it has this sort of implication of like it and and whether or not it's intentional or not it has a sort of like well this is just part of our day-to-day activities sort of attitude to it right right as well right right this is just how we roll like we 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 commit sexual assault and rape and then we like just go back to work um this is how we We are shower together and go back to work very (laughs) we make a lot of odd choices um 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, like, I will say that that scene is very effective, in the sense that like you dread it. You're like, you're, it, like it is very, and like I, we're gonna talk about another thing I don't like about Imamura based on the documentary. Imamura shits okay. on his actors. <laughs> and says like it's only because I did a good job of directing them that they are doing a good job. They're all full of shit. I hate them all. Basically, like I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. But that's basically what he says. He finds not n- great. no value in them. I will tell you a hundred percent that her acting in that is what makes that work to make it so upsetting and scary. You know what I mean? Like it's not like the directing has an effect on it for sure. The, the, the cinematography has an effect on it for sure. But like, she's acting the fuck out of her role. Right. Right. Hearing, hearing his commentary on his actors, particularly when we just heard his direct contemporary and other founding member of the Japanese new wave. in as much as it was a Japanese new wave, obviously that is a post facto label put on these two guys, but Oshima's style of interaction with his direct his his actors compared to what we get of Inamara's is just stark contrast. Right, and, and Oshima is yeah is the obvious obvious better one. Right, you get the impression almost immediately listening to that documentary. Like Imamura would be a sounds like a fucking nightmare to work with. Just sounds yeah. like seems very arrogant in all of his conversations about himself and what he did. He is very arrogant. Like, he's got the Japanese old man swagger going hardcore, which is a... Th- yeah. Like, you, I've met dudes like him so many times. Um, He is so fucking proud of himself. Like, and, like, that's not what you want out of a... Like, in the end, right? When you watch a documentary about a, a director or something, you want them to have some sort of humility in what they've done, right? Like... Even yeah. you, you want them to like credit the actors or something, right? You want them to throw a bone to somebody that they didn't whole cloth like fucking like Zeus this shit out of their forehead onto the film right. or something, right? And he's just not willing to do that. Like it's all his work and his creation, right? Um, and like again, she's doing all the heavy lifting in that scene. <laughs> like it's dynamic ish, but it's a very tight space. There's not a lot to work with right. there. The, yeah, the spinning is right. cool, but, like, it's just the way we sort of transition from, like, and carry across that idea that this is pre and post. She's doing all the, like, emotional selling in this, that this is about to happen or this has happened. That's all I'm saying do, is it's it sucks to, like, I, shit on your actors. I, I agree. I do maybe caution a little on the documentary it being a uh retrospective french production right that's that is true particularly titled in memoir of the free thinker so they are going for a particular thing uh that's with true they're conscious that's and true unconscious but we also have in going into this we also but, have three movies of body of work to sort of like right combine with fair. what we saw there i'm not saying it's guaranteed but like He's given off a very specific vibe, including, right, right, but not right. limited to, in the way he talks to his interviewer. Uh, That's fair. Which is also not very polite and nice, frankly. <laughs> right. So, right. Um, I don't know. It's well, fine, but like, there's a little too much uh, in memory of the free thinker 
in the uh, the early 2000s sense of someone who self-identifies right. as a free thinker. Right, of, uh, exactly. Of that like, new atheist uh, jerk. Yeah, he's he's being, he is generally kind of in that documentary just walking around being a jerk. Um, yeah. And I don't like it. Uh, but also I yeah. have to. But also, like, there's a whole other level. Like, you, you, I, everybody has their biases, and like, I gotta deal with dudes like that sometimes, and it sucks. Like, yeah, like that. Like, he reminds me of people I have to deal with on a regular. So, like, um, but yeah, no, I, I don't know. It, I'm just saying that the actors, like, like the the woman playing Hardicle who we've encountered before and won't enc- like have encountered before. She's also one of the wives in uh Doreskadon. Oh yeah. yeah. Um and you like she has a very distinctive style and face and very memorable and does a very yeah, good she's job. Yeah, she's the the lead in Onibaba. Yes, you know, we've yeah, seen her in yeah. a lot of other Right, and, and for somebody who does not have a very large uh body of work, we've watched more than 50% of the things she's been in. Right. And we, right. by the time we're done, we'll have watched a lot of it. <laughs> like, for right. somebody who right. only, right. as far as the, um, as far as the Wikipedia is concerned, has only been in like 10 movies, we'll yeah, watch. IMDb's got more. IMDb's got uh, 35 credits for okay. it. Okay. So, like, the Wikipedia is very incomplete then, which is fine. I, I, my point is, she's been in some, she's been in some shit. Just she's going. done a lot, like, some good work. Yeah, we've got uh, just her first four movies are all yeah yeah no it's, it's yeah. this it's the insect woman it's uh, Onibaba and then it's Samurai Spy she was in I completely forget. oh uh, right the yeah. Shinodo one of the one of that weird Samurai box set thing that was a lot of fun but right um yeah so well it's good know. to know that and like it's good to know that the Wikipedia is wildly incomplete and that she had a lot more rules right. because she's an right. excellent right. actress right. like just really. Very good work. And the thing is, is in this movie, she's the only person acting like a person, basically. Right. Because everybody else is a sort of hyper-stylized version of a kind of stereotype of a person, and she's the only one who's sort of interacting with the world kind of in an in a almost naturalistic way. Uh, yeah. And that's also... She's doing... Very, it's a, it's a, it, there's a lot of interesting choices in the movie like that that make for a really stylistically very interesting movie like like again having her be essentially the only per, like normal person normal person in the movie who's not a caricature to a certain extent or another uh yeah does help heighten the contrast about her choices and things like that it's just you know you can start to disagree really heavily with the politics of the movie um you know but yeah like and and you know the others are not doing a bad job they're just very clearly been tasked with a different kind of performance like, you know what I mean? Uh, right. Like, you know, most her, of them, like uh, Kent most... is, is, is a wildly different character, meant to be wi- behave wildly different. Yeah. All of, all of the Ben are, are just tasked with being greedy idiots. Uh, right. And one of, them, one of them gets hypochondria added to, to his list of characteristics. Right, right. But other, other than that, there's not a lot of difference between any of the, uh, any of the, the, Yakuza guys, right, and um, and the women don't fare much better. Otherwise, like they're they're right. it's a different characterization, but it is still this sort of like 
there's this still sort of like it's this still sort of like clawing greed that is sort of inherent to right. the characterization and and of course that it's it it is fine for remember to make the argument that all of this is happening because of the occupation like it's like this because of the occupation but it doesn't change how you're sort of portraying everybody right um so um one of the things that we I promised we would talk about was and I kind of feel like you have to in a movie like this would be whether uh, sort of Imamura's like take on sex work and his feelings about it um we'll never know for sure right like it won't it won't right, be super right, clear right. I feel like again this is a place where like maybe Imamura made it like halfway there 40% yeah. of the way there like he's got this sort it still has that sort of patriarchal sort of like oh like i feel pity for these people i ha- i'm gr- i'm kind of descending down my pity on it rather than sort of a, a, a sort of a positive embrace but also i have my own pet theory from well given given that this box set is called pigs pimps and prostitutes yeah i think i think we might have a different framework by the time we get to the end of this maybe hopefully uh but i will say uh he does not treat any of the sex workers in this movie well no and particularly condemns the sort of higher level sex work of a mistress right outright right yes very much so and and really is is condemning all, right, because that that goes hand for him at this point. That goes hand in hand with the thing with American GIs as well, right? Like it's all part right. of the same part and parcel of the same thing. The reason I bring that up also, though, is like watching him in the documentary and combining it with what I saw in this movie and kind of what I understand from I'm trying to remember the pornographers, which is like a long ass time ago. Yeah, I have a pet theory about him, and we'll see how it okay. goes going forward. Luckily, okay. Do you want to put that out there so we can hold you to it? I later? will. I'm absolutely gonna. Okay. Inu- I'm gonna explain it right now. Uh, I'm just couching it in the fact that like it, it is somewhat based on half forgotten things. Uh, okay. And also, I'm putting it out there that uh, it could be wildly wrong. And luckily, he, as far as I know, is has long since left this world and cannot defend himself, which is how I yeah. prefer all the people I'm going to say bad things about. Um, I, um, based on the way he talks about, and he has done other documentaries specifically about sex workers. Okay. Or at least people in sort of sex work adjacent industries, because he's got one about hostesses and some stuff like that documentaries he did. I don't know that he is necessarily positive or negative. I think to a certain extent Imamura revels in misery. And not like in the way a director can like find it a very intriguing feeling to talk about in a film. The documentary paints for me a very upsetting picture of a person who seems to enjoy collecting miserable stories. Like seems to get something out of collecting other people's misery. Yeah. And, and that makes, and there are certain groups of people on this earth, 
because of their station society and stuff that like are easy pickings for collecting misery, right? You know, yeah. who will all have a like, oh, I it's very easy among this group of people to collect miserable stories. Stories right. of and their his... strife, their misery. It's like, uh, to me, it's almost an early version of what we think of now as like in America, sort of like, you know, struggle porn or something like that. Like, for his own, but for his own personal gratification. He, like, I take that from a few different things we watch, but the documentary feels very telling. Right. Because whether or not, and there's, there's nothing really in the final sequence of the documentary where he's visiting the the mass grave that really. No, I think it just makes it worse because it to that n- right, I, like it just makes it worse because it says that like oh, I'm a mass collector of this thing. Like I seek out places that represent other people's misery. Um, like it's not like there are temples dedicated to. Uh, like unknown prostitutes in Japan and well, yeah and things like that but like he seeks out the sort of mass grave right like he seeks yeah. out and like it's not that that that's almost sort of sideline to what the main points are because like think about the stories he tells throughout the documentary he's yeah. whether or not he's sort of pushed by the documentarians he's still choosing the stories he uses to illustrate his points that he feels right. a, that he wants to talk about. Like documentary, like this kind of documentary, they're not like, well, why don't you tell us the the uncomfort, like why don't you tell us the sort of miserable porn story, please? Right. Like it may be how you got into making that movie. Okay. But then think about what that says, right? Like you made this movie and your primary research was collecting someone else's pain. I don't it's it's a pet theory. It's a thing. Like he did right. these documentaries about like pe- women who used to formerly work as prostitutes in in like these nightclub areas and stuff at, at various times and like all these things that feel like it's like I want to appropriate your experiences and make them part of of me. We have certainly experienced other Japanese movies made around this same time. Yeah. Including the Oshima work that treats sexuality and sex work much more humanely. Right. Uh, I think, I think of, you know, uh, Suzuki's story of the prostitute mm-hmm. is, is about the war period, uh, but was made in 65 just after this. Uh, when a woman ascends the stairs, is more about the hostess, and, and right? But some, it, it, know, it it still explicitly deals, not being a prostitute, right. but but it yeah. deals with a lot of the, the same before this. industries and stuff, and it also it's it's still about pain, but it right. it's about dignity rather than about sort of a cle- collection of sort of exploitations that like you right. catalog for yourself to use as and fodder to make a movie. And at least with this movie in particular, maybe not with any of his other work, but in this movie in particular, another thing that sets it apart from those other movies is that prostitution only exists within this film to meet the demands of Americans. Right. There are no... There are no, uh, which is a wild thing to make a movie like to 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 imply in a movie, but yeah. 
But I guess if your yeah. goal is to specifically focus on your, uh, you know, your sort of specifically sort of semi-nationalist intents, that's going to make sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But. Now, now that might not be purposeful. It might be a body product of the story he was trying to tell. Um, and certainly it would, I suppose, make sense that <clears throat> a uh, an entertainment industry in this city wholly aimed at capturing the dollars of uh, American soldiers maybe would function like that. Maybe, yeah. Uh, maybe. <laughs> Big maybe. Uh, but, well, uh, right. But, but and, yeah. and, and, like, bear in mind that, like, all the Japanese men or many of the Japanese men work as sort of pimps for that in that scenario. Right. And you get into things like, let's be very clear, prostitution in Japan has a very, very, very long history that is right. completely Absolutely. separate from the like American occupation. Now, is the American occupation definitely a topic worth talking about and, and, and considering and stuff and how it related to that industry? A hundred percent. Definitely. Like, I just don't know that like his interpretation of it is adding a lot to the, to the conversation. Right. Right. And the, uh, yeah, uh, they're bad criminals, all of these guys, Yeah, but none of them are like, they are needlessly cruel to their marks. That is certainly true. Mm. They are extorting money out of business people um, in order to fund their own money-making schemes. But with so many of them acting as pimps and and our main, you know, uh, our main character in particular, uh, Kinta, uh, none of them treat their. Uh, cadre of prostitutes poorly seemingly um the only the only negative onto the life of prostitution is also the american forces right um, and, and it's all in conjuncture right. with local police but right it is it is military mp that show up to track them down and right. there's one one japanese cop who's there too right right um right and yeah. and and yeah there's a lot of things yeah and they don't the the Japanese men are not like I mean there's other instances obviously where the Japanese men in the story treat the women around them fucking terribly all the time but like right. not not in the same not in the same way right like th- there is this sort of implication that oh the Japanese men don't engage in this behavior it's they're they're often doing this other thing it's the Americans who engage in this behavior right there right. there is right. definitely a vibe of like it, it gets it gets weirder because there's definitely a vibe of like, Oh, the Americans are here to like rape and steal our women. Basically. You know what I mean? And these dumb Japanese guys are facilitating that happening. Basically. You know what I mean? Like there's a definitely a boy, boy, howdy. If this were a book written about a hundred years earlier, it would be borderline unreadable (laughs) kind of, kind of vibe where like there'd be a lot of really fucked up shit written down in that book. You know what I mean? I'm just saying that, like, it takes that same attitude that you see in those, in, like, works like that, and then, like, updates it for the year 1961 in Japan, right? But it's still that same idea, like, oh, the barbarians are here. They're here to, like, they've already destroyed our, they've already destroyed our country. They've taken over our country. They're here to, now they're going to pillage us and steal our women, and then that's it. 
and the one and then and they will dis- bespoil all the ones that they leave behind. There's a yeah. it's a it's a and vibe, it, man. It's a thing. It's weird and uncomfortable, especially when you start meta deconstructing this movie. Right, right. And you talked about sort of the 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 Japanese essentialism uh, that this shares with with Ozu in a lot of ways, but it also shares with Ozu this implication that consumerism is a wholly American influence. Too. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. It's like, well, and that, I mean, and that has this weird long tradition, right? Like. There's this sort of like post Meiji era con- condemnation of like the sudden development of capitalism, pretending sort of that like the Edo era wasn't a wild fucking party full of people spending money all the time everywhere anyway, mixed in with a feudal system. You know what I mean? It's like it it is again. Yes, these but, are all antecedents for certain things that happen, but. You know. But but then on a flip side, are we reading it wrong or is it muddled in that all of these young men are condemned for chasing the American dollar, but she is commended for going to work at the factories in Kawasaki who are, you know, they are internationally fronted. Uh, well, no, we're indus- reading it just right. Like, that's good. That's good behavior. But they are still just making their money chasing foreign money. Yeah, but like that's the point. Like, but he's not saying that's, well, that's bad. The good way he's of saying doing that's it. the yeah. right way to do it. Like, the right the way to closest do it. person to a per- the closest character to speaking what Imamura believes is the Yakuza boss's brother. Yeah, he comes closest to being a stand-in for our director when he talks in about what he talks about. It's a little muddled because it's you know I didn't like take notes on it, but yeah. he basically says something in the hospital when he's talking to her uh, to her his sister, or the woman no sorry um the boss's uh, girlfriend or wife or however they're related yeah they're arguing, and he's talking about how like we're doing this the wrong way, like that this is like I I the, I wish I had the quote in front of me because he speaks the movie he says like basically if I, and like she misunderstands she he says she misunderstands him and she ar- he argues with her that she she calls him like being naive and stuff but he basically says that we are not being good to each other yeah and there's the implication inherent to it that because he also works at a factory instead of doing this stuff that the way to be good to each other is to do to like be good japanese is to do that Again, it's very muddled because I didn't take any notes, but he right, he right. comes closest to essentially saying out the thesis statement for the movie, which is like, we're being bad to each other, but there's this implication that we is whole inclusive for Japanese people in contrast to all the foreign invaders. They're right. like, the Japanese people are dropping the ball on being good to each other and treating each other properly. We, you know, that like there, there, it's, it's a little coded, but like if I rewatched yeah. it, I'm sure like you, if you ever go back and watch the scene, which you're not going different, to, but like, right, uh, different tales, different themes, different points, uh, but a lot of this movie also reminded me of a movie made the next year, uh, Mafioso, okay. the La Tuada film, about the uh, the young man who has been sent away to work at the factory in the north and comes back with his family uh, 
to visit his right, extended right. family. He's never met in Sicily. They've never met in Sicily, and ends up falling falling into the uh, the oldest of Sicilian jobs, uh, <laughs> murder for hire, right. um, uh, forced into uh, traveling to New York. Um, right, right. Where so there's like... not there's not not just in the uh, the modernization uh, being the antithesis of this rural backwater crime stuff, but also the young men who fall in with the mafia in Sicily are, I think, financially disillusioned. Uh, well, right. Like, did we talk about them, like, the essentially describing a are. worker's paradise on the beach or something shit like that at one right, point, right? Right, like, right. They do. Like, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the young men here are in that same demographic and in that same position in life, but don't make that leap. To, well, to, and that's the thing, know? right, is the problem is, is that that's, I think, where we get into some problems with Imamura, right? Another sort of, yeah. it's all in the same category. He's decided that all those guys are too stupid to do that, to yeah. have mentally ever done the math on what's going on. Because he's making a judgment call about people, right? He's saying, oh, to, to buy into this, they're too, they haven't considered the whole picture. When in reality, right, when you talk about people who are joining gangs, especially during these sort of times of really severe strife, they're doing it because it is the, as far as they're concerned, the only fucking option. Right? You know what I mean? Like, you don't, yeah, and some of them might be like, "Well, it's also cool, right?" And there's a, there's a lot of other things that go into people's decision making progress practice, right? But like, like there's this idea that everybody in there is just like dreaming about the th- this like mafia, like this this yakuza life, right? Like, there's they he doesn't give them any interiority at all, and by denying that to those characters. They're, they become one-dimensional, and now they, they, they don't have any thoughts beyond, like, man, this being a, this being a, like, Kinta's the closest, right? Kinta has a, dr- a kind of dream, but we don't even explore it that much, right? Um, it, it's, I think he does a disservice to those people as well, right? By painting them very one-dimensionally. They don't, they're not yeah. given abilities they're not given the ability to have dreams that exist outside of just man. If this, I just want to really fucking rock and roll this pig scam. Like this is, this is all I care about in the world. Yeah, and that's that's problematic, right? Like he's he's especially cruel to his to the 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 women in this movie, but he's not good to the men either. Right. Because they are, by by all accounts of this movie, they are dumb as a fucking box of rocks. Every single one of them. Yeah. And then, like, okay, so they're dumb as a box of fucking rocks. And, like, is that because they're associated with the Americans? Is that because of their association with the, the mob? Like, what's what makes them a... We don't explore that, right? Not really, right? Because it's all sort of just one and the same. Yeah. So in that That's sense, Mafioso fair. is way, way, way more interesting to watch. <laughs> I I like a lot of Mafioso because, like, if nothing else, the, its finale is a fucking ride. 
<laughs> right, right, like, right, right. Like it is a ride. Like it takes you yeah. places. It. I. I yeah. remember enjoying it. I thought it was right. Fun. Right. Uh. Yeah. No. Uh. I mean, talking about finales though, or climaxes at least. Uh. The climax of this film, the the street scene with the pigs and the and yeah, yeah, like the sort of breakdown. Ultimate cli- yeah, yeah. The the climax, yeah. yes, not the not the end, but yeah, the climax, yeah. Right, right, right. It's, is uh, is fascinating. Is unique. Is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, commentaries, maybe a little on the nose, but uh, <laughs> you know, their their devotion to the American dollar gets them crushed to death in the in the gears of. Uh, their own machinations. Um, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not exactly subtle. Uh, also, it's pigs, which are, I assume, just seen as just as unclean in Japanese culture as they are in many other cultures. Um, um, yeah, I don't, I don't I, I have to, like, I mean, like, pork is a very, 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 very popular food. I uh, Certainly, I but I don't that know. has never... Yeah, I don't know. I'd have, I'd never thought about that. Di- I suppose it is. In, uh, the dichotomy of pork being a favorite food and yeah, pig and then people also seeing just being tr- I would assume. I would assume yes. I've just never bothered to look into it, so I don't know yeah. definitively if that's true or not. I would assume the answer yeah. is yes. In any in any case, even if they are not especially unclean animals. The way they, the way that the pigs kill our mafia mafia guys are right, is a, right is definitely is not, is not exactly subtle. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. I would say, and I will say that like pigs, as used widely as an analogy for various sort of ill behaviors and 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 right is is definitely in Japanese too. Like people yeah. get and called it, pigs and stuff. Like that's a thing. In, in that regard, you know, the the pigs in battleships are maybe meant to be two sides of the coin, the, the, the Japanese male pigs and the battleships of, of the Americans. You know, but certainly the, the American soldiers are just portrayed as nothing really more than animalistic pigs. Right, they're pigs, too. Um, I mean, they just are, like, yeah. too. So it's like... So, so I guess there is a reading of it to just say that is it is the continued influence of america that crushes these men to death and the the pigs also become symbolizing right. of of america in this right there's definitely and that is definitely a viable reading i would say and certainly these guys they are using scraps from the american base to feed the pigs to sell the meat back to the americans that is the entirety of their financial plan right right so uh you know it is they're not they're not selling this meat to locals. They're talking about the inflated pork prices because of the Americans. So even even if they are selling it to locals, they are selling it at an exorbitant price because of the Americans. So, uh, yeah, it all comes back to them as far as this movie is concerned, uh, which is not, you know, neither, neither you nor I want to take America off the hook for any of not this. Not even a little bit. <laughs> not even a little bit. Um Many of these problems are America's fault, but uh, that is not to say Japan would be a uh, paradise without right, America. Yeah. It, it is a very complicated uh, is, thing to talk about. That is about. demonstrably not true about right. Japanese history. Yeah, so. I mean, it is It is. It is always a very difficult thing to talk. Like, talking about cultural imperialism is a very challenging subject 
without accidentally slipping into weird sort of nationalistic shit. It just is. Right. And I try right. to be very careful about that. And, and even then, I don't think I succeed, but like all the time. Um, right. And like, but like, this is not even trying. This is like, nope. This is, this is, Japan is fucked up because of these people here doing this thing to us. Uh, is yeah. very much the read on that. Um, so I have a I have one other thing we can talk about that is okay a topic that like I don't know if we really want in the podcast or not. So you can decide if you want to okay. cut it out. No, I was reading uh, Imamura's personal history, and he's one of those guys. Oh no! And by one of those guys, I mean he's a upper middle class doctor's child who went to the most famous university in Japan. Well, the most famous private university in Japan. Yeah. Studied Western history, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. and and then decided upon graduation to start making movies, which is, I guess, fine, whatever, cool. But then also seems to then spend a lot of time doing a lot of class tourism after that. <sighs> like, a lot of like, I mean, it's, I, well, I say the university is like, top five most famous universities in japan i think it might technically be the oldest i'm not saying like all i'm saying is he does he's writing movies about people who are very downtrodden and poor from a perspective of a person who did not clearly have to want for much in his like early life at least yeah, that's. I mean, uh, I mean, know, probably or, the war was very hard for him too. He lived through the war. The war was not was bad for, as far as I can tell, literally everybody. Right. But to to turn around and be able to send your child to Waseda in 1951, like six years later, uh, you know, six years later, that's that's a thing, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I feel like we've had this conversation a lot, and that's why I'm okay if you want to cut it out. But, like, yeah. there's this well, thing where, it's... like, there's these guys who, like, went to really prestigious schools, and then, you know, they get into, like, filmmaking, and then they become famous. And, you know. Certainly it's something that uh, he uh, he sort of decided to become a movie maker and then seems to have almost immediately become Ozu's uh, apprentice. Right. Which, you know, maybe was pretty easy to do in the cinema or in the, the studio Possible. system. Yeah. Um, you know, another aspect of sort of his rise, uh, we've talked about with uh, with Ozu before, and we talked about with Ashima just recently, you know, the, the rise of the television market and the demise of the uh, uh, Japanese uh, studio system, really. No, not quite a demise, but certainly a decimation of it. Um, you know, we could... He exists in a very particular time where it is possible for him to do unique things. Right. Uh, and, you know, Oshima exists in that same time and is making the art he wants to make as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have stories about Oshima making this particular art, you know, Realm of the Senses, and and uh, 
it needing to be that particular art in order for him to get the funding he got to make it right, right. because it's a it's a foreign porn producer yeah right right yeah in the realm of the census um so you know what is what is the funding of picks and battleships how did it get made right right uh, uh, yeah i'm all i will say that like um it apparently got him banned from making movies for two years is this the right for, one or is yeah. that a different one yeah that is this one yeah um which i can see yeah nikatsu right. nikatsu banned him from being a director for two years after this um um uh yeah i mean i'm just saying like i don't know like i feel like we read a story not that fairly often about this sort of like there's this sort of spot higher up in the air that we don't have any experience with that allows this sort of coast into filmmaking vibe yeah but at the same time you know, we talk about him having a privileged upbringing and going to a private university, but when he's doing the research for this movie, the the yakuza are making fun of him for being poor. So, right, um, that's true. That's I true. Know. I mean, I, I I'm not. It that's why I don't. It doesn't need to be a big topic of this discussion. But like, right. also, like, how much of that is a choice? Right? right. Like, how much of that is a is a is a choice like because he talks about there's a few other stories in the documentary about like and in sort of just his personal history about like doing quote unquote research and like like he's got this sort of like seemingly idea of like embedded research where he just goes and like hangs out with a certain group of people to like and I guess that's fine it just sort of has this sort of like I'm gonna make a movie about you always has this sort of vibe to me. I don't know. I've I've been always been I've mentally been trying to deal with this stuff for a while as we've been going through the Criterion right. Collection about this. Like, oh, you would be a great move your story would be a great thing for me to tell about. Always right, has this right, right, vibe right, right. to Obviously. it, right? Um Yeah, uh you know, for all for all of the issues we have connecting with with Ozu's portrayal of the middle class, at least he was making movies about the culture he came out of explicitly. Not, right, not exactly. Yeah, broad it's strokes. Like, uh, it, yeah, um, I don't know. And it's we love just a thing I worry about. Yeah, um, nothing wrong with Ozu. And then... But he, sort he's of, making bougie movies about yeah, bougie people. Yeah, so. he is. But, like, and then, uh, but you extend that out, there's this one thing in the documentary that I thought I, I forgot about and then I remembered, is this sort of, like, his sort of self-conception of, like, doing anthropology on various groups of people. Which also, again, can get real like well, feels a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that here. is that is something that I remember because I I think there's a line about that in his his Wikipedia page probably, and I remember talking about it with uh, with the pornographers way back when. Of uh, that doesn't really feel like good. Yeah, <laughs> no, I yeah, I'm not comfortable with this idea that you're like you're like gonna make this like drama about like these people this group of people and you're gonna like i did anthropological research on them and then i was killed by one of the lines in the thing like one of the movies is about an incestuous family on an okinawan island oh but when we went research we found that it basically never happens uh but like obviously still made the movie about the thing that never happens uh as the premise for your movie (laughs) anyway um Combine that with the fact that, like, and the one description of incestuous behavior that he got was actually just rape and was just, like, was not an incestuous relationship at all. 
he just described very graphically a young woman being raped by her father and then also describing it as, well, he was just so distraught over her, how sad she looked. And it's like, boy, okay, so we're, we're, gonna, we're going to miscategorize a relationship oh boy. to meet my story that I wanted to talk about. And then we're also going to give the, uh, the attacker a pass. That was a section of the documentary where I was like, whoa, buddy, you can just fuck all the way off here. Right. I know. I that know was a, the man huh. certainly did not want to be another Kurosawa, but uh, that's one one aspect of Dujeska Den that, that maybe Kurosawa did better than Imamura could have done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that, um, that story in that documentary like blew my mind. I was like, just like, you're just going to do all the bad stuff in one story. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you anyway, made up some that's... shit, you miscategorized some other shit, and then you then just also just gave somebody a pass on on uh, an obvious crime. Like, uh, what? Like, uh, like, uh, fuck it. I just. Yeah. I do not, not like this Imamura. Thank you very much. Is my take well, we've away. got two more, two more Imamuras to. Uh, well, we will see how I feel through. about them. So I might like them. You never know. But it's harder. The more I'm biased against them, I get. The harder that gets. Right. Take some deep breaths. Try to try to go into them fresh. I'll try. Uh, I'll hit myself we'll over, over the head they a are... few times before the next movie. Yeah, yeah. Drop a bowling ball on your head, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and right. then just remember to write a note about dropping a bowling ball on your head again after you watch the movie. Right. Uh, I guess so you can forget the movie. I don't know what that Well, works. I probably shouldn't do that what before that we talk. Right, right. But right after we talk, we'll get you back to right. normal. Um, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, Pigs and Battleships is, uh, yeah, it's it's got some very interesting things going on. Um, I think, you know, Pat, you've made a compelling argument for, for reasons that you find it off-putting. Uh, certainly. Um so we'll see how we feel about Imamura moving forward. Um, we've got the rest of this box set with uh, uh, The Insect Women next week and Intentions of the Murder just after that. And currently in the Criterion Collection, that is our last Imamura. Uh, there is nothing after this box set. Um, so whatever we decide so the next two films is our is our canonical might, final decision on Imamura. Might be our final decision I'm on I'm kind Imamura. of okay with that so far. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we look forward to finishing that. Thank you so much for listening to Lost in Criterion. I am, as always, the Adam Glass. With me, as always, John Patrick Oatari Dorgan. I'll see you next time.
has been Lost in Criteria. I'm your co-host, Adam Glass. You can find me on Twitter at the Adam Glass. My partner is John Patrick Oetari Dorian, and you can find him at J. Patrick Dorian. Check out more of the show at lostincriterion.com, or hey, give us a review on iTunes. It's nice. If you really like what you hear, consider supporting us at patreon.com slash lostincriterion. Hey, our theme music is by Jonathan Pape. Check him out at jonathanpape.com. And thanks for listening. We appreciate it.